Weird Things is brought to you by patreon.com slash weird things. Support the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Weird Things, the Weird Things podcast. I'm Bryce Castillo, joined as always with Justin Robert Young. Yeah, man, what's going on? President's Day! And Brian Brushwood. Brap, brap, assassination of Andrew Garfield. Wait, hold on. That's the actor. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, take two. Andrew nope. Garfield. Wow. No. Someone tell Sony. Can yeah. we drop spoilers for the Spider-Man movie yet, or well, is that I mean, still embargoed? That's right. Uh, 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 John Wilkes Booth is the big bad guy. Yeah. Please don't he spoil it. I'm watching up. it in two days. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, hello, everybody. This is a podcast all about weird things. Hello. Hey. Uh, it's just the three of us today. Andrew's yeah. writing a book, um, but he'll be back soon. It's going to be bad, a good book, nothing, nothing weird happened this week. All I'll just say is if the book isn't good... When it comes out, uh-huh. you can say this is a disappointment on multiple levels, one of them being that you missed that episode of Weird Things. <laughs> but it won't happen because it's it going to be very good because all of his books go, are very Go ahead good. and put this, one, put this one in your uh, musket and powder it up. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I haven't been this disappointed since I listened to World's Greatest Con Season 2. Trailer. Trailer. Preview, which deleted today. 24 hours from hours. multiple feeds. It's available now. Go get it. Yeah. It's the first 12 minutes of season two. Where can they go get it? Uh, uh, well, I mean, you can go find World's Greatest Con. This is the place that we really want you to go is to go on wherever you listen to podcasts, search for World's Greatest Con, uh, and and you'll see Brian looking very uh, 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 contemplative. Also also stern. Stern. Like, like you're about to get mm-hmm. a talking to. Uh, Mr. Mr. B. Very R&B listen. energy. Yeah, very me, R&B me energy. Bean. Very quiet storm energy. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, so check that. In fact, we did put the out. preview in this feed here. So if that's oh yeah, we did. Oh, uh, also right here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can you can find it. Uh, find it there. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, thank you for joining us. We've got a story here from our friends at Gizmodo. I've got a bit of a theme today. Oh, I got a little oh. bit of a. I got a little bit of uh, sort of a structure today. I'm going to be showing you some things, and we're going to be talking about the things that you're seeing. Okay. Like this. Oh. Can you take a look at this dagger for me? Yes. Can well, you wait, maybe describe. Is, is what this you're seeing? all the same dagger? Are they three yeah, different is, daggers? Because um, we are seeing three. Three daggers. Uh, this is two sides of the same dagger. The top and the bottom image are the same side. I see. Okay. Front, okay. Uh, front back, front. One is, one is black and white. The other uh, appears to be some kind of enhanced image. Mm. Uh, Contrasty. Yeah, like, uh, like uh, you know. I think that might. No, I, I don't know if that's an x-ray, but. Kind of, kind of a greenish fine. tint to it. Um, yeah. uh, it looks a lot like, if, if you're still watching Raised by Wolves season two, Looks like that pen knife they keep showing and calling a sword for some reason. <laughs> yeah. But it's got a handle and it's it's got some embellishments on it. So this is a dagger of Tutankhamun, found in, uh, found in his burial chamber in the 1920s. Oh. Can you tell me what is weird about this iron dagger of King Tut's? Does it have like a glass? Uh, well, first of all, if it's iron, it should be a little bit more rusted. Which would imply that, I don't know, when steel was invented or alloys or whatever. So the fact that there are so few rust spots is curious. But also the mm-hmm. ba- the hilt of it, the pommel, looks a little bit like it's made of glass or yeah. plastic or something. I, I, I was looking at the filigree on the handle, which suggested it was forged in Arizona. And yet <laughs> the blade is indicative of having moved to Babylonia. Okay, well, hold on. <laughs> Let me take a look at it by holding it up to the sun. Oh, dear, I dropped it in the fire. <laughs> 
Deep cut. It's a great, the great night Patreon. A great night Patreon runner. You need to be invested in us financially to get all these jokes. I mean, let me let me just say that that if you go all in, you get rewarded with, with cross pollination bits. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, uh, yeah, I guess I would agree. The, okay, the so most the most uh, uh, you know eye popping thing there would be the glass pommel. Okay. Well, this dagger is special because the Iron Age, Brian, you're actually pretty close. The Iron Age didn't start until about a century after King Tut died. So was this just conveniently well-preserved? Because uh, I, I know that part of the oxidization process involves a little bit of moisture. That's why things that get wet tend to rust and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, we, I also know that in Egypt, uh, it, it, it's a little bit arid, okay. uh, especially inside these perfectly hermetically sealed uh, sarcophagi. Right. Uh, let's, uh, I, I don't know the specific, I, I, I believe I know why, but that'll get, we'll get to that in a, in a minute. But um, uh, uh, this is this is special because the Iron Age hadn't even started yet. Um, and uh, But is that just when it picked up? Was there like indie iron artists that were doing that for a while and the next thing you know it's like oh everybody's doing it and it's the iron age well that's a great question and scientists did have that I'm question glad. a few years ago uh so uh uh scientists believe that the iron of that time yeah. was would have been extremely valuable and rare because it was sourced from meteorites no kidding that's right uh, uh to quote gizmodo a meteorite a meteoritic dagger found in Turkey dates back to the early Bronze Age, a thousand years before Tutankhamun was born. Besides the dagger, Tutankhamun was entombed with an iron headrest and an iron bracelet. So these were valuable treasures that were either fashioned for or traded to this empire because even then they were known to be special, amazing, and rare. We've got a real-life Sokka's space sword from uh, 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 The Last Airbender. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, uh, th just the sheer fact that you had metal at the time was so technologically was wild, wild stuff. Yeah. So a new study this month found that the daggers makeup includes iron, nickel, manganese, and cobalt, along with other chemicals. What's fascinating is the, uh, apologies for my pronunciation, the Widmanstaten structure observed on the knife. Uh, before I show you, oh wait, no, you're looking at it. This <laughs> is the Widmanstaten uh, structure, but what are you looking at? Well, uh, it looks almost like a, a, a the, the the mean streets of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, this crisscross pattern with some diagonals on there, and all of a sudden, I'm piecing together that yeah, I guess uh, if if a meteor was filled with, um, uh, I, I, I believe most uh, steel alloys are basically iron with a little bit of usually tin or zinc or something. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but but almost, you know, because, you know, it's fire comes at you when you're in space. Yeah. Uh, it's going to melt and fuse it together, creating this alloy. Yeah. That's remarkable. I hadn't I hadn't really pieced that together. It's incredible. And it's got a very grid like structure, like Brian mentioned. It almost kind of looks like uh, it looks like modern art. It looks like, yeah, it looks like modern art from the, uh, I don't know, the early 90s, mid 90s. I, mean, I was going to say like as early as the 30s from the modernist period. Oh, I could see both. Yeah. I could see both of that. Yeah. It's kind I of think we can all agree it was modern. <laughs> this thing is very modern so these are the uh, past no the future i don't think so i prefer to go with so modern call it this current one. art yeah okay. al gore is gonna fund it it's electrified so these vidman staten patterns or thompson structures are crosshatch looking textures found in some meteorites due to the uh way that nickel is distributed 
in the rock. So the dagger's metal likely came from an octahedrite, which is, quote, the largest group of iron meteorites. They classify meteorites by, um, I think, the, the, the um, this is a m- mostly an educated guess, but I believe it's based on the, the chemical uh, grouping, the common types of chemical structures that are in there. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, especially um, uh, uh, what little I know comes from organic chemistry, which always involves carbon, so I'll keep my mouth shut. Mm. Um, and so uh, this, this is... Uh, Cosmically, pretty common, those types of meteorites, but in ancient Egypt and earlier, incredibly rare, incredibly valuable iron. Um, and because it actually still has this structure intact and because some of the chemicals are still in place, it lends credence to the idea that it was forged in a very low fire. Uh, because once it gets up, once some of these metals get up to a high enough temperature, they would, uh, they would undergo a chemical process and be changed uh, so, like, so there like, was kind of like a, a, a blank slate like there, there's um uh there's pottery if i'm remembering this correctly and uh among the various minerals that are in pottery include of uh, 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 ferrous materials that uh as the pottery get, gets forged um it it uh, whatever direction of the magnetosphere the the north south poles they align themselves to it and they get locked in. And so as a result, based on different pottery, we could tell whether it was before or after the poles swapped or, or what have you. Mm. But but then once they get burned again, oh now I'm now I'm outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. Um but uh, it's a there's a burning it, it element. Does like, to it, it does like a reset basically uh, as yeah. far as the configurations go. I see. I don't know that these reset, but they they noticed that it, it there wasn't this the signs that it had been raised to normal forging temperatures. Uh, they bu- they believe it would have been a f- uh, forged at a low temperature around 950 Celsius or uh, 1,742 Fahrenheit. So that's, yeah, that, that's that, pretty cool. That, that would have been, uh, that would have been like a, like a camp campfire hot. Um, so, yeah. So, Makes so sense. Not, not crazy. Uh, yeah. They probably just had a big enough piece to, to bang it into shape. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I wonder how many, like, did they screw up on a few of them? Like, like before, or like how, oh how, God. how much like, like, progress hey, knives? We only have so many rocks that gods dropped. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of pressure on the blacksmith, right? Like, Absolutely. like all of a sudden he's like, oh, I screwed up one of the god swords. I would oh, love. Oh, you did it again, Jenkins. If if there's anybody out there listening who knows a little bit of is it metallurgy or metallurgy? I think it's metallurgy. I think it's metallurgy. metallurgy. Yeah. We're gonna officially rule it as metallurgy. I I am trying to remember. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, who it just was a metal, just my flesh gavel. Was like, I'm a metallurgist. <laughs> flesh gavel. <laughs> Jesus. Come in. Oh, okay. You made uh, it, not me. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> my question is uh uh Bronze Age age came before Iron Age, right? Uh um, which, like, I assume uh, it's a matter of one is easier to work with or harder oh, to work with. Uh, yes, Stone Age, Bronze Age, Iron Age. Yes, because stone is stone is more malleable, is softer, uh, easier to work with bronze. than iron. Bronze. What did I say? You said stone. Right, Stone Age, then, then Bronze, bronze age, age, then Iron then Age. Then Iron Age. Then you That's... said then you said the stone is easier and more malleable, oh, well, <laughs> which I don't think. I then, guess it's true in lava. Well, no, no, I, I think he was saying at the beginning of the chain. But yeah, the it, most malleable yes. is stone. The second is no, bronze. no, copper. No. I was just talking about copper. I just meant what copper's more. What the hell is happening, <laughs> Bryce? This is an educational show, and we've all learned the ages and the uh, three of them. It's the Rock of Ages. Yes, uh, <laughs> the Bronze Age was before the Iron Age, so there would have been bronze. Would be the Stone Age, the uh, Rock of Ages. <laughs> Age of Rocks. Age of Rocks. Uh, there is none higher. Sucker MCs should get my dagger. 
That's right. All right, we got another story here from our friends at Live Science. It's another looky loo. I'm going to show you this picture. Ready. And Wait a minute. Should we do the plug first? Uh, Don't yes. we normally do the plug after the first? Oh, we can story? do it whenever we would I mean, like. we could Patreon. break from protocol. We could do something for the very first time. I Today's think this President's is when we day, normally man. do it. Yeah, then I make an executive order. Yes. yes. And that executive order is give me all your money. Oh, no. Yeah, no. yeah. Well, not robber. all of it. Not all of it. Not all of it. This ain't a stick up. This is an offer. I'm making you a business offer, yeah. friend. Yeah. If Can you head on over it? to Patreon, doc, no, you can't. <laughs> okay. It's legally not allowed right. to uh, refuse it. You have to give me all your money. I'm joking. Uh, uh, get <laughs> I'm on over joking. to Patreon.com slash weird things where you can uh, uh, get uh, a support for this show <laughs> to us. That great, like, presidential slogan. I'm just kidding, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Hey, uh, it'd be great if Putin pulls that at the very end of all this. Hey, just like just I was never thought how to get babushka. Yeah, one hundred fifty thousand troops on the Ukrainian border, and then he's just like, "I'm joking," and then pulls it all back. That'd be hilarious. Almost as hilarious as as uh, uh, you political as as the joy that you'll feel when you support us at patreon.com slash weird things. Uh, you get the after things podcast. It's a fun time. Mm-hmm. We all love day. it. There's a video that's definitely over 10 years old. Okay. And, uh, it's a good uh, sell. It's a good sell. That's what I like to that's say right. about it. That's uh, right. Uh, wow. uh, make us cozy in our cell. Hey, uh, uh, it's, a, it's thank you. Uh, in all seriousness, On, I mean, we like to really bring it down and get the word <laughs> out on, on President's Day. It's a solemn occasion. <laughs> and, if we could just real quick have four minutes of silence. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Patreon.com. Yeah. Things. This is from our friends at Live Science. Fellas, I've got a picture here. Life for Science or Live Science? Live Science. L-I-V-E. L-I-V-E. Live. Uh, without Live any science. hints, I have hints, but without any hints, yeah. can you guess what these image, what this is an image of? I would, uh, I would say that these were, uh, they look kind of like donuts. They look, I mean, to be honest, they look like uh, I don't know, ancient Egyptian organic chemistry test teaching aids. I, I'm, I'm where you're s- like, as a matter of fact, I'm looking at it. That's a tetrahedral. Okay, picture. You got a bunch of stone balls. Some of them got huh. got holes drilled through them. Yeah. Some of them got pegs coming out of them. The one that got the pegs coming out of them is in the shape of a tetrahedron, which I'll be danged if that's not going to be like the way carbon Mm. be like mm. and then and then the rest carbon be, do be like that carbon be like that y'all uh and then meanwhile like those could be oxygen on the right and then maybe those are hydrogen if they are just little little attachy pegs okay. uh okay i'm gonna say gambling dice gambling dice all yeah. right yeah uh i have a hint for you you're okay. both wrong oh, um, damn it <laughs> uh, came the, up snake eyes for me <laughs> ancient egypt gambling dice these are excavated between 1960 and 2010 so they were dug uh, wait, up. Uh, can, can we find out? What, yes, yes. That's wait, when no. They were so they weren't invented then. They were excavated between excavated. That's wait, between 1960 and 2010. Yeah. Thanks for narrowing it down. It's, look, that's the first hint. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, you know what? Three uh, hints. What on earth happened between 1960 and 2010, aside from our parents and our entire lives? <laughs> let's. let's the, actually, this other hint helps very much. They are dated. Back to 1590 during a siege. BC? 
or CE? Uh, We're not going to get back to this one. The common (laughs) era. They are dated to 1590, very specifically the year 1590. And and we're reading it correctly in that they're they're stone, whatever they're. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, 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 okay. New idea. The uh, last one, the last hint I think is going to give you the, the best one. I'd, I'd like a, one more guess from y'all. Okay, well, I mean, if I'm thinking about this around the Middle Ages, what do you got? You got a bunch of peasants. What are they doing? They're always harvesting. Harvesting what? Grain. For whom? For 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 the Duke. Mm. Uh, the Duke. What's the he Lord, got? Land. The Lord of the land. Okay, so, so they show up with the grain, and then all the peasants are like, we got grain for you. And he says, I don't want grain. And it's like, but that's what we've been growing. And it's like, well, I want bread. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You got to grind it down. How do you grind it down? Could get a giant grinding wheel, or you could make a little peg and 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 a peg peg and ball. Yeah, peg and ball. Peg peg and ball bread. Mm-hmm. Like a sto- like the a Duke's stone favorite. pestle. You're describing a stone mortar and pestle. Yeah, sort of. Also, but wait, this is a mobile do, version. Do we like get the iPod Mini <laughs> portable? Yeah. Do we get to find out where these came from? Uh, the last hint will give you that. Mm. Okay. Well, that's my guess. Wait, what's okay. your What's your guess? I'm going to say gambling dice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Two of the sites that these items were found at include Iwatsuki Castle and Hachioji Castle. So Georgia. Which had been captured during the siege of Odawara in Japan. Oh, okay. I was way off. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. Um, That one with the pegs is messing me up. Yeah. It looks like it looks like a it it really does look like a molecular when you see the little heck. Here's two. And particles, it, and they've got a bomb. Or it could look like an adorable little pig. Oh, I thought you were oh, about to say like dice again. If you, I was going to just really look upset. over there. No, that'll be my big caver. Okay. Just wait for it. <laughs> right. uh, I, I'm, I'm going to say. I'm going to say that clearly you're supposed to thread some kind of textile through some of these bones. Mm. It's got to be a weapon of some variety. You think so? Yeah. What's that one on the left? The one that looks like a angelfish with too big of a grin. Yeah, it, it kind of kind of looks like a like a pierogi. Like maybe Wait. it's it's been looks like an arrowhead. Now that I look at it that way, it does kind of look like an arrowhead, mm. or it's got it's 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 almost like a sphere, but it's definitely got points. Or maybe it's a pierogi, and you give it to your enemies, and he's like, "Damn, this is a delicious pierogi." You know Eat With this, this line, rock. it looks like an empanada. Really, it does uh, have an empanada. Okay, look, I and I was for, trying to go with something for, whiter. Forgive for me for being. <laughs> Forgive me for being somewhat base here, but you got pointy things and mm-hmm. you've got um, vessel things. Uh, so mm. at, 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 I'm gonna put I'm oh. gonna I'm gonna call these fertility implements oh. of fertility some aids. You see uh, what I'm saying? Marital aids. Okay. Oh, I didn't even want to go there, but I just the fertility. Yeah, just even fertility. Okay. I mean, I mean, basically, you got you got giving things and receiving things. Sure, there are pegs and there yeah. are slots. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Justin, Boy, you want to say gambling? You are, you are leading me into into dangerous waters, considering the size of the pegs and the size of the holes. <laughs> the pegs are, they would be very I'm just I don't even want to go down the road, considering where you said they're from. Uh, I will say... Fifteen ninety, so this is pre, yeah, pre colonial, pre so feudal Japan. Yep, that's right. Feudal See, Japan. That, that just tells me these are like petrified hands that were chopped off. I by would samurai. say Ooh. that these are either good luck charms. Mm, okay, they're charming. Or... That's for sure. No, I'm gonna go with good luck charms. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, from our friends at Live Science, artifacts found in Japan may be ninja weapons, what? including possible forerunners to the well-known throwing star. So these were just weapons. Yeah. And you're just like, ha! Ah, there's a rock in your head. These might be the predecessor to the uh, to the shuriken. Uh, well, um, there's also uh, the, c- certainly the, I see the resemblance in the one that has pokey bits coming out. Um, mm-hmm. The the donuts. Explain to me how a donut is like a shuriken. Uh, so this includes m- multiple things. The yeah. Throwing star shuriken. Uh, I believe this is a clay caltrop. Oh yeah, uh, that does track. A makibishi caltrop, a spiky weapon to injure feet and, and horses. That, in that case, the tetrahedral shape would make sense because you always want one part to be stepable. It's a, it's like a mm-hmm. it's a, before we had Lego, we had caltrop. Drops. Right. Um, these were likely uh, uh, um, the weapon, the, the, quote, these were likely the weapons of a battle group which can move into action as ninjas, uh, says Iwata Akihiro from Saitama Prefectural Museum of History and Folklore. So now I'm thinking about it. The donut uh, rocks would mm-hmm. make sense as uh, like if you didn't sling. have a sling, you would certainly be able to take it on a string and then either let go yeah. and hold on to the string or just, just throw the whole it. thing and have a bunch of those ready to go. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Um, the flat throwing stones were, quote, used to stop the movement of the enemy who was going to attack a soldier at any moment while the enemy freezed, the soldier escaped. It's basically pocket sand basically all ninja weapons <laughs> well, and, are pocket and, and sand. by the way uh, this is something we covered in a segment of monorogue it's right. you know we tend to think of the sensationalized 1980s americanized uh, ninja all as this this supreme garb. badass of all martial arts or whatever but but really uh ninjas as an idea they were harriers they attacked from the shadows they didn't kill from the shadows they were they annoyed. annoyed from the shadows <laughs> Got you. and and you know somebody's trying to do their rounds and it's like badonk ah my head Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so they were just there to be annoying. Uh, yes, to, or to, to buy you a second. To distract, and yeah. Because yeah, then, you know, you were dealing with swords, and so you you if you're in close proximity, it's very dangerous, very vulnerable. So if you can get even a little bit of distance. Yeah. Comes. Well, and, and think about it this way. Like all the ninja throwing weapons, like if you're throwing it, you're not close enough to stab them in the heart. <laughs> and yeah. So, like, you might as well do something. It defines your, your arena of combat. <laughs> in, a, in a pre-gun age... Like, that is really the only thing that matters, is like, can I do damage while not being in range of you being able to stab me? Uh, there were archery. two types of weapons. There's the, Spears. oh dear, that'll kill me, and there's the, come on guys, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, despite being armed with these weapons, the Hojo clan's ninja uh, in those castles uh, could not save the castles, and they fell to the Toyotomi and the Tokugawa clans. Ah, they should have. They should have taken them god rocks and made knives out of them. But big, I think they did big, a big L. A good job for like uh, what they guess were were weapons made in in uh, in a hurry, basically. Yeah. Under, yeah. under pressure. Um, so here we go. Oh no, they're coming! Sand these rocks. <laughs> it's our only hope. It's just crazy enough to work. All right, one Five more picture. minutes later, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> one more picture for you guys. This is from our friends at the AP. What is this? Well, it looks like it's um, imagine all a bunch oh, of strawberries. Dear God, I know exactly what it all is. All mm-hmm. bound together into one, like a, a flat, almost hamburger patty. That so is you, the world's largest strawberry. That lock is it in, Daniel. The world's largest strawberry. That's wow. Yeah. 
Israeli farmer Chahi Ariel uh, is holding the latest Guinness World Record for the largest strawberry. How much do you think it weighs? Chahi uh, okay. Ariel. Uh, by the way, for the audio listeners, Chahi Ariel. When you hear the words like "world's largest pumpkin" or whatever, you pick you picture like a Godzilla pumpkin, and it's always like a sad, deflated. Uh, you know, they don't like, live a good long lives. No, no. no. Gravity no. takes its toll immediately. <laughs> it's it's one of those strawberries. Oh, That's I it. feel sorry for that that this monstrosity. Uh, this is a little over a half pound, two hundred and eighty nine grams, ten ounces. Uh, this strawberry was picked on Chahi Ariel's farm near uh, Netan- uh, Netanya in central Israel in February, twenty twenty one. All right. How much Franken, uh, 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 like, is he trying to grow weird berries or or is this like I mean, a random uh, thing that happens? My guess is you don't just, you know, go to your backyard and say, well, what's this? Well, I'll be danged if it's not the world's largest strawberry. My guess is you begin with the ending in mind yeah. Yeah, they, and you cultivate. They I would assume so. Yeah. yeah but they, I don't know. Maybe this man is just like, I'm just trying to live a peaceful life <laughs> growing strawberries <laughs> and I didn't ask for this attention. You know, you know it'd be great is if like, uh, I'm just Farmer Chahi Ariel. <laughs> he was really there to like uh, uh, steal water from his neighbor or something. And he's just like, oh, oh, dip. Is that the world's largest strawberry? And then just <laughs> makes up a story about how he found it under a, a couch cushion. <laughs> what? what a suspicious backstory for Farmer Chahi Ariel. He's pitching us a Seth Rogen movie. Exactly. <laughs> Whoa, I have the world's largest strawberry. <laughs> Yeah. Seth Green is like, I didn't mean to be in your backyard, man. <laughs> hey, man, I'm a crazy Colombian drug dealer, and I collect the world's largest everythings. Seth uh, Rogen is <laughs> Farmer Chahi Ariel in Oops, My Berry. See this? It's the largest contiguous, uh, c- t- contiguous brick of cocaine on the planet. Be a shame if anyone, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> ah, you broke the world's largest brick of cocaine. Now I got to clean it up. What are you going to replace it with? It better be a strawberry. It better be a strawberry. Uh, But you were right in identifying that it looks um, bad. (laughs) No, it it looks like a hamburger patty. Like, imagine if if you put a bunch of strawberries with the stems facing inward, Mm -hmm. and then you you made a little circle of it, and that's what it looks like. Although we're only seeing it from one side, so the other side might look even more horrifically deformed. It does look, I mean, by deductive reasoning, almost certainly they put the most attractive side towards the (laughs) camera, which means it can only look worse on the other side. But it it almost looks like a deflated pomegranate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ariel says, we waited a year for the results. That's right. Uh, For the results? The results being you plucked it? They remember what I said. They picked it in February 2021, and then they did it continue to grow. Uh, they well, no, they they kept it in. They said they kept it in a freezer, and it uh, is no longer as pretty as it was, and it shrunk to about half the size that it was when they had plucked it. Uh, so is this for whatever reason? Is, Guinness kind of sat on their thumbs. So and waited. Is, is is the measurement? From when they first picked it, or now? That's a very good question, and I was not quite sure. The, the AP news did not give a Yahi lot of. Yahi Ariel uh, uh, has has a real case on his hands here. If he says it, it it deflated half, man, he should have a more impressive record. I mean, I, I, do, I, I do have a proposal as to why the Guinness folks didn't just took him at his word, and it's probably because they're all like, "Could you go back to talking about that giant brick of cocaine?" <laughs> <laughs> I I think what happened here, and this is a guess, because this is one of those stubby short 
AP News stories that doesn't even link to anything. Yeah. Uh, World's <laughs> record holder's shortest AP story. <laughs> uh, I, I think what happened is they probably plucked it last year and measured it and then took a bunch of time or maybe samples to prove that it was grown cleanly or grown as an actual strawberry. No steroids. Yeah. Well, I don't mean, do they they steroid test for the Guinness Book of World Records? Like, do they care if you're pumping this thing full of hormones or not? I think they care if it's, I think they would, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they check if it's got to be a specific type of strawberry or if it can be a cross fruit breed. I I got a question. A snapple. Uh, Would would they accept it if, okay, picture, picture you take a strawberry, picture you take a little tiny uh, balloon of plastic and you just have a straw, and every day you just sort of you pump it a little bit, and it just gets—it's all air inside. Yeah, but yeah. But it's a genuine strawberry, and then you just then you just sort of like pop, and then slap that out, and it's got just a little laparoscopic scar. Um, and then you're like world's largest strawberry, and it's like this is hollow. It's like I said, largest—that's volume. Exactly. And meanwhile, right. farmer Yahi Ariel is just stewing. Well, <laughs> I, I know you cheated me, bigger, boy. Biggest strawberry. I grew my. Weird strawberry patty from a from, from nothing. Nothing. Um, <laughs> no balloons. No, no, no. Not even another strawberry. Nope. Just, just, you, just I you, manifested I, it. You, you, I'm Farmer Yahi Ariel. I'm a man of miracles. Oh my goodness! Well, yeah. let's get, can we take a, a quick tour of your garden and please, see what other? Please go ahead. Look. All right now, this yeah. this one is very very tall. What's that? Uh, what, what does it look like? Well, I mean, it kind of looks like a spear coming out the ground with weird nodules on the side. Yep, it's corn. <laughs> well, this is just average height for corn, then. Nope. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean no? Moving on. <laughs> All right, what about this one? Yeah. This, uh, this one, it looks like an angry oak tree. Yeah. Damn right it is. Hey, what is it? I punched it. <laughs> so it's just an oak tree that yeah. became angry when yeah. you punched it. It's been very cross lately. <laughs> okay. I had to teach it a lesson. <laughs> oh, well, by the time that it gets out on the street, it's not going to have me to fend for it anymore. Now, when you say you taught it a lesson, yeah. what did it do to upset you? Oh, it was just talking politics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know, I was just like, I don't need to hear your mess. Okay. You're just a uh, garbage man. Pow. <laughs> you punched? Garbage. Punched it, yeah. Wow. So, sorry, you said the words garbage man. <laughs> yeah. was, was it about a garbage man? No, he was just talking all that mess. That mess? Yeah. Hot mess. Yeah, how, exactly. How, the how way did, a garbage truck would. How, how does a oak tree vocalize? Look, if you're not a farmer, I'm not going to explain this to you. Like, this is my okay, profession. Right. I'm right. Farmer Yagi Did you go to look, farm- look, I, I, yeah, University? I'm Farmer Yagi Ariel, man. I, I have the world's largest strawberry. I'm, uh, I, I, look, I'm a world-class man at this. All right. Now, uh, uh, this last bit here confuses me. Yeah. I don't see anything here. There's just a plaque that reads Audio Elder. <laughs> Yeah. What what is that? It's where I shot and killed the audio elder, but I didn't have money for a grave, so I just went to Plaques R Us and I I just threw it on the ground. Now, it uh, might have moved because there was a strong wind the other day, but now, somewhere not, around here I shot and buried the audio elder. I, I'm not familiar with the laws in this country, but Israel? But, but yeah, but doesn't it seem like murdering they somebody have is is not something that you would want to put a placard up to You want to talk politics did? like my oak? <laughs> no, I don't. You care. you want to see <laughs> Congratulations, Chai. Yeah. Um, 
Chahi? Chahi. Yeah, not Yahi. Uh, uh, you were doing a different guy, so it's, I it's was, cool. Yeah. It's good. And maybe that's how you pronounce it, though. Oh. Maybe Yahi. 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 I guess it's C H. I mean, don't get it, it wrong. Might be, yeah, Otherwise, yeah. you'll end up like the audio elder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, I feel like the Guinness stuff is always slow, right? They're very official. They're very I know. pomp and circumstance. I like. know. They pour half the pint, and then they wait. They all wear those <laughs> and then weird they pour hats the rest with a giant it. ostrich feather poking out the top. Exactly. And they, have a guy, they have an impressionist to pretend he's whistling a fife. It's always the thing with them. Classic impressionists, uh, always, always act. drunk on their Guinness. <laughs> yep, sipping, sipping on it. Sip, sipping Guinea. This, yep, that's right. That's exactly what you hear on an Ellie song. Sipping Guinea. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, Let's that's, not bring the Italians into this. That's that's uh, my stories for today. Do you guys want to do some picks? Yeah, I do. What Let's do, do picks. Uh, listen, I discovered this completely on my own. God, I'm <laughs> awesome. For finding it, I enjoyed mm-hmm. it so much I watched it twice, and then my daughters started playing the Stanley Parable because it reminded them of it. Uh, Severance on um, on Apple TV Plus, pretty great. Uh, I like good. it a lot. Uh, the 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 pitch is, hey, uh, if there was a job where you could split your consciousness and there was just you that goes into work and then walks out of work, and then there's you that is at work. Um, uh, what would it look like? What would it look like if you split your life into oh. never at work and always at work? Gotcha. Uh, and I think they do a good job for like a con- the thing. I don't know if you felt this, Brian, watching those two episodes that are out. Um, it felt like a concept show that isn't trying to do two concepts, right? It's a it's a sci-fi show about a thing, and it's not also a murders around like there's there's not like a second hat on a hat which i, I like cuz there's a lot to explore here. Well, and there's there's only two we're only two episodes in so there's mm-hmm. lots of runway for them to screw this up but for right now uh they they're soft playing a little bit of retro computer aesthetic which i always love, you know, your kind of portal CRT monitors or whatever. Mm-hmm. This like even the people working don't really know what they do. Like at one point, spoiler for episode 2, they're all like, "What do we do?" and they're like, "You look at all these numbers." And you find some that, you know, are scary. And you just put them in the bucket. And he's like, well, that's nonsense. And then they're like, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Those don't belong. They're like, you see it now. And so, yeah. uh, but but also, um, they haven't heavy-handed it yet. Uh, this directed by Ben Stiller. Uh, you could look at it through the lens of a meditation on public versus private life where, you know, in public, you Ben Stiller, I assume, has to play the Ben Stiller character, you know, and then you may want to switch off at other times. Um, then there's the the whole reason I left my day job back in uh, at the end of the century was because uh, time was passing too fast for me. It was uncomfortable the way just a whole day would blip out. And yeah. really, I can't tell you much about what happens. So just it's just nudging that a little more to the extreme. And then it considers the, the opposite side of it. Like uh, the people who are working, they're all like, uh, wait, so we never get to leave? It's like, no, you leave every day. It's like, yeah, but the moment I leave, I walk right back in. And they're like, yeah, but you know, you decided to do that. And and so to the people doing the work, uh, they uh, they it's, they ex- live in this perpetual existence of just always doing work. And it, it what's interesting is the ways that it the office that they basically live in, but they don't sleep because they're not awake during the sleeping hours. But uh, how 
interest. There's only like four of them in the program, and they're very like infantilized a lot. You know, their boss feels like a daycare teacher a lot of times. They they work hard for rewards like finger traps and waffle parties and. Uh, and so, how, how much do you think what you are seeing now, like, is this going to be one of them shows where by episode eight? It's like, oh, this is really about this whole other thing, and what we what we got into it with this fairly simple concept is really just the the door knocker on a gigantic, you know, uh, haunted castle. This, this feels to me. Tell me, Bryce, if this tracks with you. Somewhere in the realm of universes of sci-fi, close to like a, an Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind or a Being John Malkovich, where it's like, yes, this is a very weird thing that is recognized as odd in an otherwise sane, rational universe. Yes. And, and it's not so crazy that the world is freaking out. They're all like, yeah, yeah that's kind of a gross procedure because uh, basically you just get chipped. And then when you go up and down the elevator, you switch over to one timeline and mm -hmm. switch over to the other. And, and uh, they very quickly get to the point where uh, the question of what kind of person would put somebody in a perpetual work existence and what kind of awful being must you be if you're the one who clearly who did, did it. it. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, and interesting. Yeah. It's very cool. And I, I, I love Ben, St Ben Stiller. I've been, I've been fan of his directing since cable guy. They're, they're great. The, the two episodes that are out are, are, are great. I'm uh, into it. I didn't even know that there was a Ben Stiller show. Yeah. It's, it's, it's brand new. It just came out on Apple TV. So severance. That's uh yeah, I really like nice. this. Uh, Justin, do you have a pick? Season two of Raised by Wolves. Hmm. Started watching it. I like it so far. Mm -hmm. I got to say, it's one of those shows that season one relied so heavily on you being first introduced to this world. And the world was kind of unfolding. And it is bordering on sci-fi shaggy dog where mm -hmm. it's just every new thing it it kind of sounds you say like sci-fi you mean s-y-f-y sci-fi channel i i yeah i mean i i, I there, there is there are some things where it's like oh wow where did, where did the budget go for that but like uh the it kind of sounds like you could just read off all of the plot synopsises as john lovitz's liar character <laughs> On SNL, <laughs> like, like, yeah, see, and and, and then, then I'm and the then, son of God, and then she gets pregnant, <laughs> <laughs> but she doesn't have a baby. It's a snake, yeah, a yeah, snake. That's, that's the, the ticket. ticket. Uh, but the snake, it's it's about to kill people, but then it's a vegetarian snake. Well, yeah, all right. I was only on episode two. Okay, yeah. well. Spoiler alert. I believe that's in episode two. <laughs> spoiler alert. It's not alert. episode it's two. two. It's fine. No, anyway. But there's a bigger snake. Don't worry. Yeah, I mean... Uh, uh, These are all spoilers for the current season. <laughs> but watch it. It's a good show. Yeah, I, 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 will, I, I will say that there are... The elements that continue to beat for me uh, is the meditation on, like, very, very, very basic decisions of free thinking versus community, which is kind of like the the general beating heart of the premise is like amongst all the sci-fi rigmarole, it is what is the worth of self-determination? What is the worth of of community and bringing it together on this 
alien planet after we have torn ourselves apart as a society on the basis of those questions, you, you see this kind of stuff. The only thing that is frustrating is that especially this season, it just kind of feels like a lot of it is like, oh, okay, well, we're going to shake these characters up in a bag and throw them out. And, and yeah. now we're, we're going to see them interact with each other. But that being said, it is unlike anything else on television. And to that, I very much appreciate it. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I found that I'm enjoying season two much, much more now that I have just relaxed my standards. It's not season one. Season one was a show that absolutely commanded your full attention. And you felt like if you stopped watching for a second, you, you, is your fault that you don't know what's going on. Whereas season two is so, you know what? You need to go to the bathroom, go take a break, come back. You, it'll be clear it what's going on. It definitely feels like they've invalidated a lot of the energy and, and uh, it's just setting from season one. Well, I but I will, I, I will say where I caught up with all of the episodes so far and I won't spoil details, but I do feel like they are getting a little bit, they're they're solving problems, and it, they're solving some problems in a good way, um, but in a frustrating way of like, oh yeah, obviously that's that. I forgot that that's that. Why didn't you just remind me that that was that? Because so much of the rest of the show is like holding, kind of holding your hand this season. Yeah, I mean, I think part of what gets lost is that the magic of that first season, especially with the concept of android actors uh -huh. quote unquote i mean like like they're acting Android as characters. androids yeah. yeah but the acting there is is really what captivates you uh is that you don't know who to trust mm -hmm. you are constantly being introduced to these people you constantly think that you have a sense of them and you are figuring out their honesty you are figuring out their motivations as you go along and it's a fairly large cast like like there are you know 12 13 people that you have to kind of pay attention to and by the time that we get to season 2 we know who they are we know they're general characters. And like, so you're, I think what they realized was, uh, you know, they, they had to kind of reset everybody on different pathways. And, and so the first two episodes so far is a lot of them to me being like, Oh, okay. Well now this character is really going to care about me and this one's going to care about Bing. There's a little bit in season two of what I imagine as some version of, um, like, uh, uh, this will either be a minus or a plus, depending on what kind of story you're on the hunt for. Um, there's a lot of, oh, you know, it'd be neat is if they had that. And now decision gate, you could either write that in the story where that is made and explained and all that, or you could just turn a corner and just that's there. And, uh, and, and there's a lot of turning the corner and just that's there. And at first I found it really off putting, but now as I've re relaxed my expectations from the show, I'm just like, okay, I get it. We're just, you know, when we want a thing, it'll just be there because that's cool. It, it definitely feels like... I, it feels like they're doing... It feels like the concept and the story that they're trying to tell, I think, will be hokey. And they've done a good job of telling it so far. Season one was great. Set up a lot of mystery. And now that we're starting to see some of the answers and we're starting to see some of... Um, there's... There's some like magical stuff in this show. 
There's, do, do you mean magical as in like rapturous good storytelling or or BS uh, lazy writing? And, and neither of those. I mean, if, okay. this is this like is a, magic exists in if, this universe. Yeah, it feels like a setting where this is beyond like very high tech. This feels very magic. It's something that happened this week in this week's episode made me go like, I guess that explains some stuff. But that's really stupid compared to the way that we've been using technology in this show. Well, and also it's like it's at a certain level. Um, you know, it's like, okay, magic, by which we mean either supernatural forces or nanobots. Functionally, it's magic. <laughs> You're like, you need a thing, it's there. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I guess I guess that also, it's like, the, it, but it seems like the big question of this season kicked off by the ending of last season is everybody's relationship with the planet. And, and exactly how sentient mm -hmm. the planet itself is or some being within the planet is. And that's one of those things where it's like, it's inherently less interesting than are these characters going to kill themselves? All the, are these refugees from a war going to carry that war on yeah. in this new place? And it's like, I, I do feel like the show box themselves in on a, on a few things in terms of taking the characters too far down certain, certain roads uh, where now they're kind of going back. Like I don't, I'm only two episodes in, so I don't know exactly how much uh, finding like-minded creatures are going to reboot our main female character to the killing machine that she once was. I don't know. Uh, they, but they certainly seem to be leaving the door open for that or, or giving a pathway to do that, which would invalidate one of the main character elements that happened through season one. We don't know how fast our man in the woods is going to build up his new society, but it certainly seems like it's going to happen fairly fast, considering the fact that his defining character was being rejected from society by the end of season one. So it's like, it, it is one of those things where it's like, like, oh, okay, well, if we're just going to go, if, if these people were more interesting doing that, then why did we, why did we go down that road to begin with? So in, in terms of just one last thought on, on the taste of, of, I don't know, the, the pastiche of, of character flavors, like it reminds me a little bit, and I know this is a loaded term, please nobody freak out, but it reminds me a bit of Lost in that you could see a single episode of Lost with a character that you've seen over eight years or whatever and say, wait, is this back when they are good or bad, when I do or don't like them? Because you go through various iterations yeah. of that. And so and even at the beginning of season two, you start to see that realignment. And then even midway through season two, other characters realign, you know, and, mm -hmm. and so you're, it, it's, uh, if that if that bugs you, if that bums you out, then just know that. Yeah. Although, although I, I do think that, that that is something where it's like you, you expect that, like, you know, in a show about self-determinism versus community, it's not like there's a winner, right? <laughs> there are there are good and bad actors on all on all sides of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Race Rebels. I'm like, I like it. I'm I'm where, I, I, where I have we were to where we were last night on as that episode four or episode five, whatever, uh, made me feel like, OK, we're writing this ship. We're figuring this out. Um, so and all, all, all so, that being said. My actual pick, if you have not finished Peacemaker, finish Peacemaker. Peacemaker, uh, so it's going to take a lot to dethrone that as my favorite show of the year. Uh, and it finished so strong. Uh, uh, just, just great. Like, like uh, uh, I, has made me excited for anything else. And the fact that James Gunn is like, 
got a blank check, can do whatever the hell he wants. There's a few moments in the finale that lets you know he has a lot of control with uh, uh, Warner with- Brothers and DC IP. Uh, so uh, go go further, sir. You're doing great. Very cool. I we we're gonna cover season. We're just gonna do all of season one in Court Killers this week. And uh, uh, I did not physically have enough time to finish all of the show, so I I, I I only watched a few episodes. But I still I still really like it, and I'm I'll be fine listening to spoilers. But yeah, it's it's really good. It's it's one of those shows where uh, where you're like, oh yes, like uh, I feel the writer's signature style, and it doesn't feel it it and it fits. It feels like it fits well. Uh, and by the way, kind of the new renaissance of the single writer like yeah. taylor sheridan i believe is the yellowstone guy uh mm-hmm. and and james gunn wrote every episode of peacemaker by himself now that was during the pandemic right so he had he had time on his hands but it's like he already did it once he said he's gonna do it again uh you know, those always high risk, high reward, right? <laughs> you know, Absolutely. the the risk is, boy, if he follows a thread, there isn't nobody in the room to be like, this sucks, then then that's a problem. Uh, and sometimes it's high reward because it all feels cohesive. It feels uh, like a great put together show. Yeah. Uh, I've got a pick. Uh, this is a, a video game. This is relatively uh, new, a little bit of a hot topic. Um, but uh, this is a game called Vampire Survivors. Have you guys heard of Vampire Survivors? No, no. Um, this I, is. I prefer not to think of them. <laughs> this is. Uh, you, you've played twin. Aren't they called others vampires? <laughs> like, like, is that the point? Is once you survive a vampire attack, you oh, you are could, one. We could get into the whole thing of why it's called what it is. But okay. Um, uh, this is. You've, if you've played a joist, a, a twin stick shooter. Game, oh my god! This is straight up Robotron. Uh, it's, this is a this is a twin stick shooter, but it is only one stick. It auto fires for you, uh, so you you are like running around. It's a very it's like three dollars. You're running around this little pixel RPG RPG um, space, and you gain power ups to shoot and attack at guys. But it all happens automatically. You don't click an attack button. You just move around and avoid uh, the enemies. Um, and the and the enemies don't attack. They they kind of shamble, right? They have different speeds, but that's what's a really interesting thing about it is because this is not a, f- a fancy game. This is not a lot of frills. It's just, it's, it's a feeling. It's a little bit of a feeling. Uh, I, there's an, there's an interview with the guy, one of the guys who made it and their team used to work on casino games like okay. slot machine yeah and when you play this game you really start to feel it especially when you get um, a treasure chest because like the game pauses you click a button to open it and then uh all of these like lights and coins and music comes out and starts to play and it, and it even sounds like it you know with the the uh is this japanese i don't believe so oh, okay I don't that was, because that was one of the things that that surprised me going to Japan was how much video game and gambling culture are kind of fused and and one at least in the public parlors uh, mm. uh, in 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 Japan. Yeah, um, and this is this is early access on Steam, um, so uh, I, I believe there will be more updates. There's a lot of there's a, there's a lot to unlock and play already, but I I've really been enjoying it as. Um, 
something as catchy as a mobile phone game, mm. um, but doesn't feel like just a mobile, like a just porting over a mobile phone to Steam. It actually feels like a really I do love that big... idea of, of just, A, like, what's the coolest thing that can happen in a game where you acquire a lot of weapons and you shoot a lot of things? A lot of things get shot and you use all your weapons and you use them all perfectly. Yeah. That's the coolest possible thing that could happen. And so it's like, all right, if you remove the skill to do that, like, what is left in the game and can you make that super interesting uh that that is that is a i love those those game design decisions to be like like i don't know what if you just get to do the cool thing yeah it's 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 very cool and it's a it's a roguelike game so or a rogue light game uh so you get power-ups and as you level up you choose what weapons you want to upgrade and between runs you spend coins and all sorts of stuff i think it's i think it's very fun it's very addictive uh me and my friend were playing it last night and we just kept trading off the, the game um but there you go vampire survivors uh, pretty cool. there, there's a game that i would love to know if you have experienced uh, i played all of one minute of it and i was like this is terrible i hate it it's a um something a needy streamer overload have you seen this no i haven't seen this it's needy quite stream- literally our jobs the game <laughs> in which you wake up you have a desktop and Twitter is erupting, and you have to reward people who are saying good things oh, and uh-huh. ignore or mute people who are saying creepy things. Oh, interesting. And meanwhile, you have to stream to gather more followers <laughs> who oh, give you more power-ups. That's kind of cool. I like, I've played similar <laughs> games. I have not played this one. That, it's interesting. There's, <laughs> there's one called uh, Not for Broadcast, I believe, and... Um, uh, yes, that's it. And it is literally my job. <laughs> you, <laughs> wow. You are like a video switcher. Um, they have like live action uh, multi-camera like sessions that you are live switching through. You're dealing with like curse words and um, the bleep button, all sorts of stuff. So there's, uh, uh, there's a weird, there's an interesting, there. I bet there's a, uh, I don't know, a, a philosophical paper in... Uh, I don't know the the habit of making video games that are just work well, <laughs> that and, are realistic. Yeah, but but also keep in mind, like I assume, like NFL players play Madden, and as a mm-hmm. matter of fact, the, it was a remarkable month. Like they've they've re-engineered the way uh, uh, the cameras move in the game to be more like the video game, and also uh, uh, in uh, NBA games, I remember there was uh, quite a discussion about somebody playing, you know, specifically to run out the shot clock or whatever. Mm-hmm. One of those moves that you would make in the video game. Not uh, uh, the 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 big defining moment in in the NFL was uh, when a player who had either caught the ball for a touchdown or, or an interception ran just got parallel it. to the goal line because he wanted to kill more clock, oh, which right. is oh, yeah. only something that you it's would a do. Big Madden. In, right. Yeah, in 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 Madden, uh, uh, but he realizing that that was the smart thing to do, uh, did that in 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 the real world. And I think, well, uh, I don't know, we're, we're going to get into a whole topic about it, but I would love yeah. to talk about that another time because cause those are those are games where the game is very, feels very different from the activity, where like this not-for-broadcast game is very much exactly it's the exact what exact I, same uh, I can vouch thing. for Needy Streamer. Uh, that Twitter <laughs> felt like Twitter, and those comments felt like real Twitter comments. <laughs> All righty. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it, everybody here on the Weird Things Podcast. You yep. feeling good, Justin and Brian? Yeah. Yes, I am. I've been, uh, uh, you're, you're my president come back to us garfield oh (laughs) brian said not my president yeah uh it's been weird (laughs) i don't blame me i voted for normal
Fight Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.